Welcome to Parent Driven Development. I'm Chris Sexton. I'm here with my friend, JC. Hello, I'm JC, and I'm here with my friend, Josh. Hi, everybody. I'm Josh Pitts, and I'm here today with our special guest, Chris Arcand. Chris is a software developer at HashiCorp, where he works on Terraform Enterprise, a product that adds collaboration and governance features to the popular open source infrastructure tool, Terraform. He's an advocate of distributed teams and open source. He spent the majority of his career at other distributed open source companies, such as Red Hat. He calls the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota, his home, where he organizes his local Ruby users group, RubyMN, as well as moderates the MSP Tech community Slack. Outside of software, Chris is an avid backpacker and amateur ice hockey player, as well as the father of our rambunctious little 19-year-old. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for I'd coming. like to point out that it's 19 months old, not 19 year old. Did I say 19 it's year like, old? <laughs> it's like the same thing. Well, that that happened really, really fast, even faster than I thought it would be. <laughs> Once they I'm hit wise. college, they're rambunctious. I apologize. You're 19 month old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to be talking today about work-life balance. and That's something that we really wanted to have Chris here to talk about. Chris works remotely, has a rambunctious, almost 20-month-year-old, and (laughs) is kind of an expert at doing the work-life balance thing. So, Chris, to start off, why don't you tell us about how do you balance working at home and having a 19-month-old? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I don't know if I'm a complete master at it for sure. Everyone's learning and kind of managing different aspects of it. But I know that I work remote, have been for the past five or six years. And I know that the whole lifestyle that I've kind of built up working remotely on my own uh, has kind of translated very well into becoming a parent. And I think the first thing that people kind of experience when they're trying to manage their time between having a family and being a parent and work is the aspect of literal time, like actually kind of paving time in your day for those things. And it's certainly the most obvious one, the thing that people first think of when they start to have a family and suddenly lose a whole lot of that time uh, that they didn't even know they had before. I remember thinking before we had our son that, you know, everyone says, all the parents say, where did my time go? What did I do with myself for so many hours beforehand? (laughs) And I just sort of dismissed that. But Now that I have my own toddler running around, I certainly understand exactly where parents are coming from. It's pretty incredible how much you start to value every minute of your time in a day, making sure to utilize your time most effectively when kids are napping or otherwise busy and you have a moment to either get something done that you need to get done at work or honestly take some time for yourself. So carving out time to spend time with my family is already a challenge for any working parents in any industry, but it sort of varies and has different challenges depending on whether or not you're doing, you know, exact shift work where you work set hours or your time is more flexible and open. So in tech, the cliche, at least for developers, is that developers are up all hours of the night coding away, putting in these ridiculously long hours. But when you're a parent, that obviously doesn't fly anymore whatsoever. You need to be able to really turn off work and concentrate on your family at some point in the day. And I think it's very necessary for companies in our industry to support parent tech workers by being really flexible about when they're expected to work. They need to understand that when you need time to be able to take your child to an appointment or really take time off for any reason to care for your child. So at HashiCorp, we have the concept of flexible time off instead of paid time off. And I think I really like the naming of that benefit rather than just calling it unlimited PTO. 
FTO exists for the little word in its name. It's to be flexible. And of course, it's used for vacations and relaxing time off. But more than that, it's an acknowledgement by the company to support parents and families with the flexibility to be able to get good work done on a schedule that isn't overly rigid and allows for a lot of versatility to create that balance of time for work and family that varies so much from family to family. That sounds amazing. Was that something that HashiCorp had in place before you had a child? Were you the first person at HashiCorp to have a child? I kind of know the answer to that already. Uh, No, no, no. (laughs) HashiCorp is a VC-backed startup based in San Francisco, but the company is all is basically 75% remote. It's fast growing. I'm uh, somewhere near the 300th employee or so. And I'm sure it's, it's been pretty flexible that way since the beginning, but I can't really attest to the history of it. This is something that like a couple of other of our guests that do work from home have mentioned, being able to carve out flexible time. Has that changed how you approach work and how you divide up your day? And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. I know for uh, myself, what my average day looks like has become way more regimented just because as you mentioned, you can't work all hours of the night anymore. Yeah, definitely. So I think it varies a whole lot from day to day. And especially when you become a parent and suddenly you're trying to take your child to a random daytime appointment or whatever your childcare situation is. For me, like it definitely has become more planned and regimented than it was, you know, back when I first started working remotely or whatever and didn't really have the responsibilities that I have now. It could be way more uh, whimsical. I could just decide, oh, I want to go here. I want to go there work from this coffee shop, whatever. And now it's much more like days in advance, I will plan this day, I'm going to go co-work with some other remote co-workers in the city. Or today, I'm going to strictly be home because I need to be home to, to take over to care for my son at a specific time. And the flexibility that I have being able to choose when I work is really important to me. And, and planning that is even more so important to me because my wife, uh, she's a physician assistant in the ER over at a uh, level one trauma center, a hospital in, in St. Paul. She does shift work where she works from one exact time to the other, more or less. However, working in the ER means there's all sorts of variability in the actual shifts themselves. Uh, She doesn't have a regular schedule where she works something like a three-week rotation or something that's always the same pattern and you can kind of plan around the, the pattern repeating itself. Her shifts are absolutely completely different. They follow no pattern. She could be working 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., 9 to 5, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. She even has a 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. shift oh. she occasionally has to do. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that variability sounds rough for planning anything around the whole family. So how does that work out? Planning stuff around her schedule that's not predictable and how far out do you have to give notice say, hey, we're going to take a weekend off here. Or I'm going to take an extra few few days off. And how does that work to work it around her schedule? Because my wife is a ER nurse. It is predictable and it does have a rotation, about a three-week rotation. So it's a little bit easier to plan around that. It's challenging. <laughs> it continues to be one of the most challenging aspects of our scheduling. For better or for worse, it's sometimes a good thing. It's sometimes a bad thing. She actually gets her schedule sent out three months in advance. So we actually know exactly when she's going to be working well in advance, assuming the schedule gets out at a at a reasonable time. And that works out very well for planning holidays, planning big events, 
planning time off that we can go on nearby vacation or something like that. In that regard, it's really nice. We have lots of time to be able to, to plan in advance. The counter argument to that is when it's something that is entirely planned within those three months, once the schedule is set, it's fairly rigid. So for example, the one that usually comes up for me, I'm an occasional conference speaker and usually like the CFPs for getting into different conferences and stuff, those are not determined until that three month window. So they're not going to announce the speaker list until a month and a half, two months or whatever before the conference. And that makes it very, very difficult if like, oh, well, I might be going to that conference or I might not be. Things like that, basically. Yeah. So maybe that's something we need to bring up with organizers <laughs> to account yeah. for this kind of stuff. That does sound like definitely you do have a lot more planning to do and you have to do a longer term out. Uh, the same happens with my wife's schedules. Hers is out three months in advance. Even though it's kind of rotating, she still needs to ask for time off before the schedule comes out. Otherwise, she needs to swap with people. And so that kind of is a juggling act, too, there. Just interesting, the medical profession, how that works, where they have to be there, you know, from certain time to certain time, unless they find someone to cover for them. Yeah, exactly. And it, it becomes even more more challenging when they might do shift work. But if there are patients still coming in or there are too many patients or something like that towards the end of the shift, they might have to stay later. And so that right, makes, it, right. makes it a little more variable as well. So Right. And, and so your your child's 19 months or yep. as Josh likes to say, 19 months, years old or whatever. He's <laughs> but like. it's, um, it's a rounding error, really. I mean, a 19 month old and a 19 year old are basically the same. My well, oldest just turned 18 this week, so it'll happen. In the blink of an eye. <laughs> oh, he's still my baby boy, but he is a large man now. I was going to ask, since your child's 19 months old, he's still at home all the time. Mine, I'll go to school, right? So uh -huh. that, that helps a ton with, you don't have to worry about, and, and they can ride buses. The youngest is the only one we drive to school. So it, it helps a ton with scheduling as far as during the day. There's not a whole lot you have to worry about. I can work from home. I can work at the office. I don't have to schedule around the kids. But for you, your child's at home. Uh, how do you make that work, especially if your uh, wife is at work? Yeah, location is a big deal. <laughs> your work location is pretty vital to work and family balance. And I think mostly because it affects a lot of what we just discussed about making literal raw time. I used to be the sort of person that wouldn't really mind a long commute. Distance didn't really bother me. I don't really mind driving a, a good long ways. I used to work for a startup in Northeast Minneapolis and drove back and forth from White Bear Lake, which is the suburb that I live in, which can vary anywhere from 25 minutes without traffic to, to 40 minutes if traffic is uh, really terrible. But having kids and valuing your time more, I think it's really important for parents, maybe when they are you know, choosing a new job or whatever, not to just discard how far away is this job? How long is it going to take me to get there every day? Now, the short and blunt answer for me is that I work remotely, as I said, and have been for six years or so. I, we moved to D.C. several years ago uh, for my wife to go to grad school. And the whole remote thing was sort of forced upon me as I didn't really want to find another job at the time. <laughs> And my company was gracious <laughs> enough to keep me on even as we were moving. So after a year or two of struggling a bit to make it work for me, I really built my entire lifestyle around it. And that's kind of translating into to becoming uh, a parent as well. I realized the sheer amount of hours I suddenly don't spend commuting. Uh, my commute from the bedroom upstairs to my office downstairs is always light. The traffic is always very, very light. It's always very, very fast to get down here. 
Yeah, what I was asking a little bit more is like, how do you organize your time around your kid since your kid's at home as well and you're at home? The lifestyle that I started before my son was born has really shined now that he's here. I waste absolutely no time commuting so I can spend more time having coffee with my wife and spending time with our son in the morning instead of getting stuck in traffic on the way home and not seeing my son for too long before it's bedtime. I can walk right out of my office and uh, watch him push his little Barbie lawnmower around outside. So really how it manages in my day to day we have a at-home nanny and she is able to be very, very flexible, as I said, with the scheduling of when she's going to come over due to my wife's variable schedule. So my typical day, I'm usually getting up very, very early with everyone in the family. We're having coffee. We're hanging out for a bit. And then if my wife goes off to work, then the nanny is scheduled to come over. I'm able to basically go uninterrupted and have a very normal work day throughout the entire day and until, I don't know, 4 p.m. or something. And then my wife will usually come home and then we're able to, to spend time in the evening. So as kind of crazy and variable as you know, I just made out our schedule to be with my wife's work schedule, we're able to keep it very normal. And it's amazing how much time you have for the little things. Like you said, you can, hey, I need to take a quick break, go get a cup of coffee for yourself and you can watch your kid for a couple of minutes or interact with them or whatever and then get back to work. Or that's just something you don't get if you're stuck somewhere else, right? And it's just, yeah, this whole work from home is is a big, anyone that can do it, it's highly recommended to do it. Yeah, definitely. I realize that I'm extremely privileged to be able to do that. I'm, I'm reminded constantly that yeah. I have this ability to be able to work whenever and wherever I want. And a lot of people out there don't. I, have, I can afford to have entire room in my house dedicated to be nothing but my office where I can concentrate on work. But I guess I'd say that even if you don't have the flexibility that I have or anyone who works remote has, uh, you should definitely not discredit the impact of how far away your job is and yep. how much time you're spending going to and from it. So Chris, I've got a question. Uh, you mentioned you have a nanny. What made you decide to go with a nanny as opposed to like daycare? So several months before my son was born, my wife and I had a chat. We were trying to figure out what we do for childcare as both of us are career working adults. And we had no plans to have, you know, one of us stay at home full time. The problem, though, is exactly what I was talking about before with my wife's schedule. She could be home all day on any random weekday when I'm working and she'd be able to spend yeah. all that day with our son and it's going to be great. But she also could be gone all day on any random weekday when I'm working and there's no regular pattern to the schedule. Maybe other people have found ways to make it work with the daycare, but we decided instead of signing up for a regular daycare where we might be paying for random days where uh, you know my wife is home and she wants to spend time with him, that we look for some sort of in-home care in the form of a nanny. I am happy to report that you don't have to be rich <laughs> to afford a nanny. <laughs> it certainly isn't cheap. I've talked with other friends and acquaintances of mine who have multiple kids that are putting them in a daycare facility and it works out very great for them. But the numbers that they're throwing out there for the amount of money it takes to get into daycare, oh my gosh, it's definitely just as much. It probably is also more affordable for me because as I said, with that variable schedule, it could be that my wife is working a lot, in which case the bill at the end of the month is very, very expensive. Or it could be that the schedule is very sparse and we didn't actually need to have her come on. Is the nanny flexible with the flexible schedule? Because I yeah. know some folks are not because they want to know how much how much money they're going to have at the end of the week. 
Yes, exactly. No, we, we got extremely lucky. We posted to our neighborhood next door page, you know, the, the social network for neighborhoods. And someone came forward who immediately struck us as uh, very, very professional and very thorough. She's about our age, married, and has a ton of experience in hospitality and taking care of young children. She's been absolutely amazing. She uh, is very, very flexible with her schedule, as you asked. And we're able, you know, as I said, to provide schedules to her well in advance which she likes a lot. She basically makes our son one of her main parts of her business and then works around our schedule just because we're able to give her dates so far in advance that she can then fill the rest of her open time with other work. But she's fantastic. She connects with my son and takes him on outings. And on top of all that, she tidies up the house, (laughs) which is awesome because I'm not that tidy. Something I never really thought about is that if you were to go to a daycare type situation, you'd be introducing a commute where you don't have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is actually true. I think for me, having an at-home nanny is so nice because I get to experience a little bit of my son throughout the day uh, if I'm working from home that day. Granted, it's also because I work remotely, again, kind of all ties together. But I really have cherished the small moments that I get to take a step out of my office or whatever and give my son a hug before he goes on some uh, outing or whatever. These moments seem so small and minuscule, but they're so vital. Since the beginning of the year, uh, I've actually switched jobs twice. I used to work remotely at Red Hat, decided to move on to a small consulting company in Minneapolis for about five months. I immediately noticed the small little bits of time that I suddenly didn't have since my son is cared for at home. Like I didn't see him because I was uh, suddenly commuting back into an office again. So yeah, having uh, an at-home nanny, if it fits your lifestyle, is really, really great. And I highly recommend it. Yeah, I think that when we went through the process, because we did an in-home daycare uh, initially, which is we found a caretaker that we would drop the kids off when they were infants and stay at this woman's home, which was lovely. And it was like a, a third grandma And then we moved from that to institutionalized, like a proper daycare, and then had kind of come full circle as the kids got older, especially over the summers, to hiring a babysitter for the whole summer or a nanny. Basically the exact same thing that sounds like what you do, Chris. And all of the little differences of some daycares, you have to pack a snack and a lunch and don't forget the extra clothes for the arts and crafts projects and all of that. Uh, And then having to commute, like it all adds up and takes away from that very limited resource of time. So being able to have someone show up and take care of the kids is amazing. And when we do it over the summer, for us, in the area that we live, camps are often more expensive, especially with the scale. With two kids, you would pay twice for the camps, whereas if we just had a sitter for the summer, it's just a little bit more. So I think all of those factors kind of come into play. And having found someone that comes to the house actually wound up paying off for us pretty well. I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit. And it sounds amazing to be able to spend so much time throughout the day with your son. How do you approach the balance? Like I would be super tempted to just hang out with my child all day long. I mean, obviously, that's one part of working remotely is developing that discipline. But I feel like with a kid, with children, especially, especially young children, these unexpected moments come up. How do you balance like if you hear him crying, or if you want to just go and see him? What's some of the tricks and frameworks you've set up to help you keep that balance? I have uh, three words. Noise, canceling, headphones. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And now uh, let's hear right. from our sponsor, Bose. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> I know what you mean. So sometimes I hear him screaming across the house 
Dallas or I look outside the window and see him playing out in the yard or something like that. I certainly have an urge to go hang out with him and spend time with him. And, and that's fantastic. Those are those those small moments that I was talking about. On the other hand, you can definitely go overboard. And as you say, just constantly be distracted and getting away from whatever deep thinking you're, you're kind of working on and just interrupt that. It's not so much of a challenge for me. I guess it's part of like, I enjoy what I do. And going back to valuing time, just having so much less time than I used to have or any parent used to have, I value it more for the work that I'm doing. So that is to say that I purposely set aside time later on in the day to be able to spend with my family. So I know that I can really, really concentrate on my work when the nanny is over. How do you manage that scheduling? Is it blocks of time or are there other things that are coming from the kid's schedule that, that dictates it? It's pretty much entirely just blocks of time. So there's some regularity to that. Usually it's dependent on the type of shift that my wife is doing. So we usually have the nanny coming over about 30 minutes or so before my wife has to leave for work. And then whatever amount of time it takes for me to be able to work until 4.30 or whatever local time is what we do. So there's regularity to it depending on the shift. It's just when the shifts are that changes a lot. It's basically whatever it takes for me to have an uninterrupted day from sometime in the morning to sometime in the afternoon. Have you found uh, interruptions uh, ever creeping in and becoming problematic? Uh, not so much. I fortunately have a separated office in my house, a separate room where I can keep the door closed. And usually that's the, the indicator that dad is working. But occasionally the little one and a half year old trots on over and kind of pats at the door a little bit. And uh, <laughs> my wife reports that she just can't stand the cuteness and just has to let him come in. So he'll I'll occasionally have the door randomly open and then a little a little toddler come exploding around the corner and coming to say hi to Dada. I'll be curious to see how it holds up as the kiddo gets older and, you know, has more strong-willed thoughts and opinions. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I'm wondering if what advice you might have for those of us that maybe aren't remote workers or maybe aren't so great at the work-life balance thing. I'm thinking about people that might be stuck in an office all day long. And I feel like when I worked in an office, work-life balance was weirdly more difficult because I, I kind of just brought every work thought home with me, even though they were physically separated. I feel like mentally it was harder to drive them apart. What kind of advice do you have for people that are trying to improve their work-life balance? I've gotten pretty good at finding good balance and how I manage the raw amount of time. And I think that's just largely related to just trying to create a calendar in advance and, and really stick to it. Of course, there's all sorts of different topics and resources if you look online for like, how do I manage my time more effectively? But anyways, I built my, my whole lifestyle around where I work and how I work. But the mental presence, I think, is what you're getting at with where, yeah. you know, you're, you're thinking about work and you can't really let it go. That's something that I admit, I mean, I'm always struggling with as well. So by mental presence, we mean the level at which you're mindful of actually spending time with your family when you've closed the lid of your laptop and are done with work for the day. In our industry, it's all thought work. And dealing with all these complicated mechanisms in our heads, as opposed to some literal artifact that we use with our hands and, and leave in our workspace to pick back up again tomorrow, that makes work very easy to take with us. Yeah, right. As you said, even regardless of being remote or not, even if you're working in an office miles and miles away, it's so easy to bring it home with you, uh, even when you don't want to bring it with you. Moreover, I think it's especially common in an industry for people to be genuinely interested in their work and feel a desire to build some piece of software really well. 
And all this really comes together to make it very easy for someone to be done with work for the day, leave the office, but their brain is still churning away on whatever problem they were in the middle of solving that day. You can work a very reasonable eight to three or nine to five job that leaves many hours to spend time with your family every day. But if you haven't flipped that mental switch to leave work at the office and concentrate on family, it's almost just as bad as if you had never left work in the first place. I'm certainly not speaking for everyone, as I know there are many people, there are many software developers that I know that are software developers purely because it pays well and not because they feel especially passionate about it. They aren't aren't here to have fun and do a thing that they would do in their own time anyway. And that's fantastic. I applaud that. For me, I enjoy it a lot. So if I'm not careful, I'll find myself, as you've said, on a walk with my family after work, being very quiet and not really enjoying myself being very present and spending time with my son because I'm subconsciously churning away solving whatever problem I maybe hadn't finished at the end of the day. And that's bad. That's so bad. (laughs) If you're not present in the situation, you're not really spending time with them. Uh, And honestly, it can give people the impression that you don't value the time you have with them. And that's certainly not true. So some ways to kind of solve that, I think one way that I am still working on, I'm still really bad at it, is just like giving yourself a little padding at the end of your workday to literally just decompress for a minute. Because if that lack of commute that we are mentioning a lot, <laughs> if I go from thinking about a problem, staring at code, I look at the clock, it's five o'clock, and then I step out the door and suddenly it's family time, the disconnect there is just so sudden and crazy that it's so hard to turn the brain off. So I think one suggestion I have is just reserving a little bit of time at the end of the day if you're remote, if you're in the office, whatever, and just relaxing for a second and trying to lifting yourself out of the workday and thinking about, you know, other things besides work before you actually leave the office. That's a really good idea. I've heard advice to like write a note about like where you left off and where to continue during the day. But this sounds like it's less task oriented and more like focusing yourself. Yeah, definitely. There's all sorts of exercises of like mindfulness. It's almost meditation, really. I'm no connoisseur of what you might consider true meditation or whatever. Maybe I should read more about that. But I definitely think that not just kind of wrapping up and writing some notes for yourself for the next day, because again, you're thinking about work then, right? It's all about work. Just try and just sit, even if it's just for a couple minutes and just relax and try and get out of work mode before you go ahead and flip the switch and start spending time with your family. So I definitely agree with the being present thing. But I also think there is some value in exposing the kids to I'm working and this is how I'm working. This can happen while you you and I coexist in the same space. You know, my wife and I will both do this. We'll both be working and it's easier now that they're a little bit older and are more autonomous. But showing them, nope, this is what we're doing. This is how we deal with ourselves in a professional world and having them be exposed and learn how that is. So I, I definitely like being present and want to switch contexts, but I also want to make sure that, especially when I'm doing things and my daughter is around and learning how two engineers deal with work and learn that that's how they can do stuff and be exposed to those social interactions and the dynamic is just good to have them around for. And I do think there is some value there. Yeah, totally. Some people's way of working remotely to try and keep that work-life balance in remote work is basically just shuttering off all work away from the rest of your family, the rest of your life. I'm not that way at all. I have a, a separate office where I try and really concentrate on work and not worry about everything else. But at the same time, like I am not afraid to work out on the deck or something or work out on the couch while uh, my son is out crawling around on the floor and whatnot with my wife around. I don't have that clear, clear, clear cut distinction. I think it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing for me anyway. Sure. And I'm also grouping in things like I'll do side projects and other things to the kids look identical because I'm sitting at my computer typing into a terminal either way. 
and I'll do those when I'm on vacation and because that's what I like to do. So there's some of that. And it's a good thing to kind of intermix. It might also be different for me since I don't work remote. I work in an office and I commute every day, especially as I'm doing more management type work. Now I have to go in and be in person more often. So I have to deal with that commute and getting home and juggling, picking up in carpools and all that. So I think that also factors into it. And if like working on side projects or continuing coding or whatever is is what you do to kind of balance yourself out and enjoy time outside of work, then that's a good thing. I'm a big advocate of trying to balancing out your life and like do things that aren't related to work, but you should do whatever you feel balances you out. For me, I'm the opposite. Like when I need to balance myself out from work, I'm usually outside with the family because we love being outside away from the computer screen or uh, I really enjoy. I'm that stereotypical Minnesotan that uh, loves ice hockey. So my big thing is that I love going to play hockey because it's so completely different from staring at a LED screen all day long that, yeah, it's kind of my counterweight. I totally get that and think there's a lot of value in getting that separation. But I want uh, balance. I will say I've seen your hockey jerseys and I want to know when I can buy one. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. So for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> here in the in the Twin Cities, I actually have a lot of engineer buddies that all, that for the most part, work remote as well. And we all happen to enjoy hockey. I've kind of taken different people from aspects of my life. I have uh, a former boss of mine. I've got a buddy that I uh, went to school, went to college with. And I've got another coworker from a different company and we all have kind of just gotten together and become very good friends and uh, started up playing hockey together. And we decided to enter a pond hockey tournament and we had the silly idea to create some jerseys and try and make a very bad pun. So we're known as the dangling pointers. We actually got a uh, designer buddy of ours to design a logo and I gave him only one requirement and that is he had to somehow incorporate hockey and those terrible box and arrow diagrams for dangling pointers that they always show you on some silly slide in uh, school if you're learning about dangling pointers so he did a fantastic job it looks it looks pretty stellar most of the time when you go to the hockey rinks or whatever there's not many engineers running around so a lot of people are like what are you talking about we're going to require a picture to put in the uh, show notes just to find all right sounds good they're Excellent. fantastic I'm thinking about putting up a store this coming year, so maybe you could get one. Oh, yeah. Nice. If you're uh, looking for a podcast sponsor, I have some suggestions. Oh. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll yeah. think about it. Let me know. Well, I think that's going to do it for our topic this week. We're going to move into Genius and Fail. That's the part of the show where we look back upon our last couple of weeks of parenting and pick out either a particularly brilliant parenting moment or more likely a particularly sad fail. Who would like to go first? I can go. I have a couple. I haven't been able to do this for a few months. So All right. Do it. Saving them up. As I mentioned earlier, uh, this week I became the parent of a an adult child now. So we've kept this kid alive for 18 years. And he's thriving and he's a senior in high school and doing well. And he's a great kid. And we are super sad that he's growing up, but also very proud of him. So I blame my wife for doing such a good job with him. And so that's kind of our one of our geniuses that he is just it, all it took was time but it happened and it will happen <laughs> your 19 month old year old thing it's going to happen so just you can start preparing yourself now i would recommend that and uh, the other one would be my sophomore he's been playing football uh, varsity team and he started as a in the special teams and now he's starting on defense in the last couple of games so he's very excited about that and he's he has a really good work ethic again i think it's my wife's fault and he's been able to work his way up 
to be in the right place at the right time and, and be able to be a starter on the team. So he's very obviously very proud of the work he's been doing and working really hard. And that's just for me, it's been super exciting to watch him have that growth, that personal growth. And one of the things I did was I became the team photographer this year. So that's kind of my get out of the house and do something outside of computers, even though I come back and work on the pictures on the computer all the time. So kind of circles back. But so I've, I've been going to the games and I'm on the field and I can hear conversations and it's, it's fun to be out there. I'm just like a fly on the wall, but it's it's fun to be near nearby. I'm pretty sure that my kids are a little embarrassed that I'm out there taking pictures, but I, you know, I do it for the whole team. And, and I think hopefully in the future, they'll appreciate having these, these memories recorded. That's awesome. That's my, that's my bit for today. That is the longest genius ever. Congratulations. Amazing. <laughs> I have a genius moment. I'm stealing another parent's genius moment. A friend of mine, a friend of Allison's, a friend of the show, Andrew Brito posted on Twitter that his kids go to Montessori and they are really into planning their day. And he was struggling with how to get them to kind of schedule their family chores. He made up this amazing, basically project plan. (laughs) Andrew's a manager. He made up this amazing (laughs) project plan that breaks up his children's morning, their afternoon, and their chores. And it has the most amazing infographics on it. I pestered him about this on Twitter, and he threw it up on GitHub for anybody to download and use. I've been using it with my daughter, and it's pretty awesome. So We'll have a link in the uh, show notes to it. It's just really helped uh, me communicate to my daughter what her chores are in the morning, what they are in the afternoon. And then it's really clear that she's marking them off. And it's also very clear that whether she has earned her allowance or not by doing everything on the chore list and nothing kind of falls through the cracks. So that was my win for the week. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, I have a win and a fail that I've I have thought of. My win is that, well, some backstory. I really like ice hockey, as I've mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so so one night we lived in this house for two years we own the house we live in and down in the basement it's partially finished so there's a finished family room and whatnot but off to the side there's a large section where it's just concrete and uh, open walls and stuff and a couple months into it when we moved in uh, my wife was at work and i decided man i should put a hockey net in here <laughs> <laughs> So I bought a full-size hockey net with guard nets on the side and like a shooting pad. I hung up all my jerseys on the walls. I have a hockey room downstairs is what I'm getting at. And uh, recently, my my son is running around wanting to do more and more uh, activities and not just, you know, playing with toys or whatever. And I thought, man, I should just bring you downstairs. So I brought him downstairs into the hockey room and he loves it. Hockey, hockey. I got him a little stick and he loves playing with the pucks downstairs and I got the most attention out of him. He just absolutely loves it downstairs. So that was a little win in our book for sure. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. And then a quick fail that I have is that we recently had our roof replaced and my wife and I didn't really put a lot of thought into how that might affect my son's nap time. Sounds like they're just having sledgehammers up on the roof on Monday. And yeah, he was not able to sleep whatsoever. He didn't sleep at all all day long and was a very, very crabby, unhappy little man for quite a long time after that. So I was going to throw in one real quick. I have one that started out as an amazing win and kind of morphed into not so much. Oh, I love uh, those. I'm remodeling my son's room. So he's he's 10 
And we're finally getting rid of the, the cutesy pirate theme that he used to have and has been asking for years to get rid of it and want to build them a bed. And so we have all these kind of uh, projects that have spun out of this. However, in order to start any of this, I wanted to patch all the walls and and paint everything. So I got everything patched and started painting, and both the kids wanted to help. And when you get 12-year-old and 10-year-old, got them in there, and like, okay, you do the trim, you do the you roll the walls. And it was a huge win because I then left the room and came down and hung out with my wife. But when I went back in later and discovered that 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds, and it was nothing disastrous, it was just... Oh, yeah, no, if you put it on a lot, it definitely covers it more, but <laughs> now it's dripping and gross, and oh, no. I'm going to have to wait for things to dry and sand it down. <laughs> Nothing the end of the world. The floor is not a different color. <laughs> So uh, it could have been worse. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I, I sort of expected there to be paw prints having walked through a puddle of paint and down the hall, but uh, nothing like that happened. But there was touch-ups and other things that I'm, I was in there fixing later going, this might have just been faster to do it by myself. <laughs> Someday you'll look back. And I don't say miss that, but you look fondly on it, right? Yeah, I figure you got to go through this stuff now, because otherwise, when are they going to learn? This will make them very efficient manual labor in the future. It's just right now, it's uh, the learning stage. Well, thanks everyone so much for listening to our podcast this week. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you'd like us to talk about uh, on the air, you can email us at panel at parentdrivendevelopment.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at ParentDrivenDev. And if you like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com slash parentdrivendev. Also, you can rate us on iTunes or tell a friend. They both really help the show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.